Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the bowl games are all set. The Utes are playing Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, as we expected. A massive accomplishment for Utah. A huge step forward for the program. Maybe one day they'll... There'll be a playoff or something that dwarfs it, but man, the first Pac-12 conference title, New Year's, Ohio State, one common opponent, Ohio State lost to Oregon at home, and the Utes beat Oregon twice, although Ohio State is a a 7.5-point favorite. You're going to hear from Kyle Whittingham and Ryan Day talk about the... uh, the Rose Bowl. They had a Rose Bowl press conference yesterday, and you'll hear that coming up in our next segment. Um, it's interesting because Urban Meyer coached at, at both schools. Both guys worked for Urban closely. His imprint will be on uh, you know in different ways on on both of these teams. Obviously, he was at Ohio State much more recently and recruited some of their players. So it's a different deal at Utah, but there's no question he helped change the trajectory of things. It's uh, it's Ron McBride, Urban Meyer, Kyle Whittingham, three big hires in a row. Everyone has changed the trajectory of that program from a mediocre to also ran in the WAC to a winner in the Mountain West and a champion in the Mountain West and now the Rose Bowl. Heck of a story. Heck of a 30-year arc uh, as Utah football just keeps growing. So we'll get to that coming up. Uh, we'll hear from them next. Also, we've got the best of the Jazz post-game show later this hour. The Jazz win in Cleveland. They shoot the three very well. They do a great job on the offensive boards with 14. Now, they did give up 16 offensive boards, and they did have 17 turnovers. It wasn't a perfect game. But when they really struggled to score in that final minute and a half, they defended, and they got out of there with a one-point win. And Cleveland is no longer terrible. Cleveland's got a winning record. They were playing at home. They're a good team. It's a good test. You know, you're the Jazz. You're sitting on the third-best record in the NBA. You are going to get people's best shot. And Cleveland gave them a good shot, and the Jazz found a way to win. So... 42% shooting from the floor. Uh, Joe Ingles was one of five. He didn't shoot it very well from the floor. Um, Jordan Clarkson was one of eight, but everybody else lit it up. And that's the whole point, right? Have five, six, seven guys who can shoot the three. And if a couple of them are off, the other guys are on, they got a chance to win. They needed all those threes. They went by one point. And Rudy Gobert, 20 points, five block shots, Tremendous effort defensively and on the backboards for the Jazz. Just phenomenal. And we love scores and we love points and we love, you know, dramatic threes. And well, he did have a big dunk. I was going to say we love big dunks. Rudy got an offensive board late in the game and he spun in the lane and threw down a windmill left handed dunk. Man, if you try to go block that, you're just going to get your fingers broken on the rim. That was, that was something. That, that dunk was something. Uh, also, the Utes. Uh, college hoops that beat Cal yesterday, so now one on one in the Pac-12. Uh, got the win at home over the Bears. All right, DJ and PK, we got to take a break. When we come back, uh, Rose Bowl press conference. Kyle Whittingham, Ryan Day, coach of the Buckeyes, coming up next. Stay with us. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five at twelve eighty the zone. It's time now for the Rose Bowl press conference, and you fans just love the way that sounds, right? The countdown is on. New Year's afternoon. Pasadena, California. Here's Kyle Whittingham and Ryan Day, the head coaches of the two respective teams. The Utes coming in 9-3, Ohio State coming in 10-2, Buckeyes ranked 6th, Utes ranked 10th, but the Utes did beat Oregon twice, and Ohio State did lose to them at home. So, here are the coaches. Hello, Recording thank in you progress. for joining today's head coach teleconference for the 108th Rose Bowl game presented by Capital One Venture X. I'm Karen Linhart, the Rose Bowl Games Marketing and Media Director. Following opening remarks from both head coaches, we will open up the floor for questions. 
The Tournament of Roses is thrilled to host the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Utah Utes in this year's Rose Bowl game. This will be the second meeting in history between Ohio State and Utah and their first matchup in the Rose Bowl game. I'm joined today by Ohio State head coach Ryan Day and Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham. I'd like to start by asking both coaches to give an opening remark. Coach Day will go first, followed by Coach Whittingham. Coach Day. Oh, thank you. Um, first off, uh, it's an honor um, to be coming to the, the Rose Bowl. I want to thank everybody uh, involved with the Tournament of Roses, um, you know, the most prestigious bowl game in, in all of college football, and uh, very excited. We have a, a great opponent and tremendous amount of respect for, for Coach Winningham and his team and what they've done. Um, certainly know uh, that this is going to be a, a challenging month and a great game. Um, when we were out at the Rose Bowl uh, in, in 2018, uh, we played Washington. It was a tremendous experience. Our players um, really enjoyed themselves, and and they were excited to find out that we were playing in the Rose Bowl. So, um, an unbelievable opponent, a beautiful um, setting, and uh, everyone here at Ohio State is just very, very excited about playing in this game and look forward to getting out there soon. Thank you, Coach Day. Coach Whittingham? Okay, to echo what uh, Coach Day said, we're, you know, everybody in Salt Lake is uh, elated to be uh, heading down to Southern California for the Rose Bowl. Obviously, our first trip, uh, you know, we're excited to uh, come down and, and uh, experience it. I've got a, a lot of buddies, the old SC guys who've been to the Rose Bowl several times, and they say there's nothing that compares to it. And so we're, we're look, really looking forward to it. Uh, the entire solid community is, you know, we'll travel well. I mean, it's, uh, it's something that the community is very fired up about. Uh, we've only been in the PAC 12 about 10 years now. So this is our first trip down here, obviously. And, and, uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, Ohio state. I mean, what a, what a tremendous opponent. I mean, I've been doing a little bit of homework since I found out who our opponent's going to be. And there is no weakness. I can tell you that they, they throw the ball well, they run it well, they score, they defend, uh, you know, thousand yard rusher, couple thousand yard receivers, uh, uh, another guy on the verge of it. So, so we got our hands full. It's it's uh, it's uh, going to be a great challenge for our team, but uh, all our guys are, are excited about it. And uh, like I said, it's going to be a great experience for our players. And and uh, as I've heard, it's uh, second to none. This bowl game is second to none. So excited to be here. Thank you, Coach. We'll now open up a teleconference for questions. Please raise your hand to ask a question using the raise hand icon within Zoom. If and when your question is selected, we will unmute your microphone and say your name. Once your question has been answered, your microphone will be muted and your hand will be lowered. Our first question will come from Christopher Heidel. Hi, Coach Day. Thanks for uh, taking my question this afternoon. I want to make this really quick. I know you're out there in the Rose Bowl. Um, Coach uh, Sean McDonald is retiring from from New Hampshire. You know, I know you were his uh, quarterback and all that stuff. What did you learn from Coach Mack, and what did it, what did Coach Mack you learn from him to bring you out to with Ohio State? Uh, yeah, thanks for the question. I I, um, I got really my start in, in coaching, and, and certainly I'm in this profession um, because of, of Coach McDonald. Um, you know, played at the University of New Hampshire, where uh, he and Chip Kelly really mentored me. And um, shoot, football wasn't even my my first love until I got there, and then made it my profession. Um, he is a um, one of the best coaches I've been around. He's tough. He's demanding. He's loyal and uh, had an unbelievable career there. And, um, you know, everybody at the University of New Hampshire, um, 
I know is very, very proud and also uh, sad to see him uh, step down. But congratulations on his retirement. You know, one of the best in college football. Our next question will come from Bill Rabinowitz. I have a question for each of you. Uh, for uh, Coach Winningham, what does it mean to your program to get to the Rose Bowl? And, and for Ryan, um, we remember when Urban Meyer put the whistle around your neck uh, after the game three years ago. How, how long ago does that seem? And how much have you learned, grown, <laughs> aged since then? Okay, well, well for us, uh, you know, we're, we're – you know, it's just a great opportunity for our program. Uh, it's the next step in the evolution of our program, uh, getting to the Rose Bowl, because, of course, that's most years uh, what uh, Pac-12 champion gets to experience. Um, we've been in the Pac-12 championship game three years now, and this is the first time we've ever we've been able to get over that hump and get, uh, become the champions. And uh, it's, uh, like I said, it was the next next step and our next goal as a program. We, we've uh, only been at the Power 5 level 10 years now, I guess 11 years and uh, so it's just uh, something that we've been uh, shooting for and, and uh, had our sights set on for, for a number of years. And, and uh, we finally were able to, to get over that mountain. And, and uh, we're very excited to, uh, to have that opportunity. Yeah, and that was a, um, a very memorable experience in, in 18. Um, you know, it was, it was a, you know, a game versus Washington that, um, you know, it was a well-fought game. And I just remember, um, you know, jumping out early and, and our guys playing strong throughout that game. And then obviously afterwards, um, you know, being in the locker room with coach and, and that ceremony meant a lot to me. And um, yeah, I think that seems like about 20 years ago, Bill. Um, and I would say that I've probably, I've probably aged a lot. Um, a few gray hairs popping in and, but that's all part of the experience. And, um, but, but very, very memorable. I have that picture up in my office uh, back in Columbus. Our next question will come from Dan Hope. Hey, Kyle, I wanted to ask you about, uh, you know, your team obviously had to deal with a couple of horrible tragedies with the losses of Aaron Lowe and, and Ty Jordan. And just wanted to ask you about, uh, your team's resolve to deal with those tragedies and, you know, how do you think your team has been able to overcome that to stay together and have the kind of success that you've had? Well, first of all, I couldn't be more proud of our leaders on our football team. Couldn't have got through it without those guys and the, and the, uh, the ownership that they took. Um, as you mentioned, we've lost two players uh, in the last calendar year, uh, Christmas day, uh, almost a year ago, uh, we lost Ty Jordan, uh, it was, uh, you know, the season was over with and we weren't together as a team. So we had to do a lot of the, you know, the team meetings by zoom and, and kind of get everybody, uh, you know, together that way. Uh, this, uh, the second player, Aaron Lowe was during the season. It was game three, game four. And, uh, we just, uh, as a football team, uh, you know, banded together. Um, and, uh, you know, we had a mantra, you know, we're going to, we're going to get through this. We'll never get over it, but we will get through it. And uh, our guys, uh, I can't say enough for the for our guys, and, and particularly the leaders, the captains, and the upperclassmen of how they kept things together. And and uh, you know the chemistry on this team just kept kept getting better and better as the year went on, and we became closer and closer. And and it was tough. And as a coach, you know there is no blueprint for for an event like that. I mean, you don't have a protocol or a way to handle that. It's 
it's uh, the most difficult thing I've ever been through as a, as a football coach, hands down. And, uh, you know, for us to, to uh, get through it and, and uh, you know, continue to, to uh, play at a high level. I mean, that was a credit to our guys. I think maybe the biggest uh, component to that or the biggest factor is Aaron Lowe, the young man who I mentioned uh, died during the season this year. His mom came and talked to the team uh, that Monday right after the, the uh, incident. It was late Saturday night, and she said that, hey, she gave our team – uh, you know, the blessing to, to carry on and that that's what Aaron would have wanted and that's what she wanted. And so that was a real inspiration to our team when she came and spoke to us and, and they heard right from her that, uh, you know, she she and Aaron expected us to, to carry on and, and uh, continue competing and fighting for a championship. Our next question comes from Nathan Baird. Coach Whittingham wanted to ask about uh, Devin Lloyd and the impact that he makes for you and maybe specifically even for a matchup like this. How do you get to use him as a weapon um, in, in the various game plans you put together for opponents that could vary pretty greatly in terms of, you know, skill and approach? Yeah, well, first of all, De- Devin is a special football player. He's, uh, I'm going to tell you, the best defender that's ever come through the University of Utah, at least in the modern era. You know, that may have been someone in the 30s or 40s or whatever that I don't know about. But but in the modern era, he is uh, going to be most likely, and I think without a doubt, the highest uh, drafted defensive player that we've had. He is uh, a guy that is a self-made guy. He came to us as a safety and a wide receiver out of high school. And we projected him a linebacker, and he became, uh, you know, a self-made just through sheer hard work and determination. Uh, you know, one of the top linebackers in the country. Uh, his versatility allows us to use him, you know, as a, in an inside backer spot, which is where he's most comfortable. We can also bring him off the edge. He's done a lot of a of a pass rush for us in the sub packages. And so he's got he's a guy that uh, really can do it all. He's got the size, the strength, the speed, the agility, you know, that all the big time players have. And so he's meant the world to us. And, and uh, of course, he just won the MVP in the Pac-12 championship game a couple nights ago and very well deserving of that. Our next question comes from Joe McHugh. How's it going, guys? So uh, I have a question for both of you. So for Coach Day, uh, what was your guys' initial reaction uh, for getting selected into the Rose Bowl? And then uh, for Coach Whittingham, uh, after winning your first Pac-12 title for the Utes, uh, what's your approach coming into this game in the Rose Bowl? Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, we heard about 2.30. We had a... um, and brought everybody together at, at uh, 2.45 and, um, you know, explained to them uh, what we we're going to do in terms of a schedule for the next month. And, um, you know, and the guys are excited to play in such a, a, pre- a prestigious bowl game and uh, with such a great opponent. So I know that they, you know, they were very excited about that and looking forward to getting to work here this month. Yeah, as far as us, you know, we've uh, we've had pretty good track record in bowl, in bowl uh, games. We have a uh, procedure uh, process that we follow and adhere to and, and uh, it's been successful for us and so we'll we'll uh, follow that uh, you know, just like we have all the other bowl games we've played in. We have played in a couple uh, New Year's Six Bowl I guess they're called now, you know, the Sugar Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl in, in years past and so it's not our first rodeo in that regard but but uh, we have a we have a, uh, a process that we'll adhere to and we have not had the chance to have a team meeting yet uh, we have one tomorrow at 3 p.m. Uh, I'm on the road right now recruiting, so we'll we'll get everyone together and map out and tell them what's going on for the next uh, 28 days, and and uh, we've got a plan in place, and 
And uh, typically our guys uh, do a really good job preparing for a bowl game. I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to have to, with, with Ohio State as our opponent, we're going to have to have great preparation to have a shot. Our next question comes from Josh Newman. Hey, Kyle. Um, in the day and a half since the win on Friday night, I'm just curious what things have been like for you in terms of um, ex-players reaching out, ex-coaches reaching out. What is What has that end of things been like for you? Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, a great, uh, nation is, is excited. I mean, all the ex players and coaches I've, I've had literally over 600 texts that, uh, and I just finished today responding to every one of them. That was no easy task, but, but, uh, they're excited. Um, you know, I've been, uh, splitting my time between that and recruiting. Obviously I'm, I'm down here in Florida right now on a recruiting trip, but, but, uh, I can tell you that there's a lot of excitement from all the, uh, all the, uh, you know, ex-players and, and coaches that have come through Utah and, and uh, you know, the community, like I mentioned before, is, is ecstatic. And uh, I think we'll have a very good turnout at the Rose Bowl as far as uh, Utah fans traveling to that game. Thank you, Coach. We'd like to remind everybody, if you do have a question, please use the, uh, the raise hand icon at the bottom of the Zoom screen to ask a question. Next question will come from Trevor Allen. Yeah, this is actually for, for both Coach Day and for, for Coach Whittingham. Uh, it's actually the, the same question. Um, what, what has Urban Meyer meant to both of you since you guys have both worked with him at your guys' stops? Go ahead, Coach. I'll wait. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, with this game, too, it just brings up some such great memories of, of what uh, he's provided me and my family and the opportunity. Um, I was down there as a graduate assistant at Florida with him during his first year. And then, and then came on, um, you know, in 17 uh, at Ohio State and, um, you know, never would be in this situation without him and uh, forever in debt for, for what he's done for my family and I. And, um, you know, when you just think back on those times and um, your legacy in college football, um, you know, I hope so someday that there's somebody that uh, I've done the same thing for in this profession because it's all about relationships. I would echo the same sentiment that uh, Coach Day uh, mentioned as far as uh, shaping me as a coach. Uh, I don't think I'd be where I am today if I had not had that opportunity to work for Coach Meyer for those two years. Uh, and I had the same whistle ceremony that, that Coach Day had, and that was a, that was a great experience as well. But, um, you know, it was interesting. I, I, w- I had been at Utah for, what, eight or nine years. We had a coaching change. I thought I should be the guy. Uh, didn't get it. I was very disappointed. Urban got the job. Turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me in my coaching career because I had a chance to to spend two years with with uh, with Urban and and just his day to day way he ran a football program and and uh, you know there was just everything was was mapped out. There was uh, you know an organization. Uh, is is one of his uh, strengths and and being able to see how he ran the program and and uh, being able to absorb all that knowledge and and the way that uh, that he did things was invaluable to me and and like I said I, I found out right away uh, that I wasn't ready for the job that I thought I was but two years later um, you know he had uh, I learned so much from him that uh, I felt very comfortable taking over and that's that's how it laid out that's when he went to Florida and I took over uh, in the 2005 season. All right, there is the Rose Bowl press conference with Kyle Whittingham and Ryan Day. And we will have more on the Rose Bowl coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. Stay tuned for that. Coming up next, the best of the Jazz postgame as the Jazz win in Cleveland. A close one, but they defend and get out of there with a W. We'll get to that next. 
Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Utah Jazz go into Cleveland and get a win to start this four-game road trip. Let's get to the best of the postgame show. It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jazz pull out a win yesterday afternoon over the Cleveland Cavaliers on the road. 109-108, big-time performance from Donovan Mitchell. 35.6 assists, three boards for Donovan. 12-21 shooting, 4-8 of eight from 3. Uh, uh, Rudy Gobert was great. Didn't score a ton, six points, but had 20 boards and five block shots uh, for Rudy. Bogdanovich was 16. Uh, Rudy Gay had 15 coming in off the bench, doing a nice job as Jazz did not have Hassan Whiteside yesterday. Uh, Cleveland played a tough game. Darius Garland, a great player, 31 points, five assists, but not quite enough. The Jazz pull it off in the end, 109 to 108. Let's get some uh, sound for you. Let's start with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Coach, just, uh, tonight came down to one stop. you the final possession, or what, what are your thoughts on the way you guys were able to be resilient down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, I, I, the last possession was, you know, collectively, you know, guys um, just locked in and, you know, got hits on the glass against, you know, a big team going to the boards. Um, you know, it was just a heck of a possession all the way around. Um, and that's, but playing defense down the stretch is, you know, is going to win games. And, you know, that, that's a really good team that we beat. Um, you know, obviously they made plays to get back in the game. I thought we had a chance to bust it open a little bit and kind of a combination of us getting kind of, kind of sloppy, t- tired. I think we, we looked tired during the portion, um, but we've got to, you know, fight through that. And then obviously they, they made some. Uh, they made some big shots from three, and and Garland, he's he's, he's really good. They go on that fifteen zero run, as you said. Um, what was kind of the key to weathering that and kind of just regrouping and coming back? You tell me. Okay. Um, you know that that's something that that our team has talked about. Um, you know, I'd like. I think we all would like to not give up a fifteen zero run. Um, but that's one side of it. And then the other side of it is, you know, not, you know, allowing that to, to, you know, to bury you and to, you know, to, as you said, to be resilient and, and bounce back. Um, I just thought we got more determined and even, you know, Donovan makes a great drive to the rim and Mobley blocks it. You know, Boyan's got a great look from three goes in and out. I mean, there was a number of plays that didn't go our way that, um, would have given us a boost, and you know we 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 hung in there and continued to compete. So, it, it, coming east in an early game against a really good team on the road, um, it's just it's tough to win games in this league, and particularly with you know when we sputtered offensively in the fourth uh, to just be able to lock in and win. So it's it's a big win. Tells the whole story. Yeah, it, it, he he was dominant. You know, um, you know. I thought there was a few times he went up strong, and um, I'd like to see him get to the line more because I, I think he's he's finishing. You know, with a lot of explosiveness right now. Um, he had that one finish where he, you know he dunked it over the top of somebody. Um, but he's such a presence defensively, and we've got to make sure we're helping him on, on the boards. I, I thought that. You know, there were some long rebounds late that we got to scoop up. I thought that's when I felt like we were a little bit tired. And, uh, 
you know, I thought we, we did have, you know, Royce got a couple good hits just mixing it up on the glass, but Rudy certainly, you know, they, everybody knows where he is. You mentioned before the game, the challenge facing a team that was three seven-footers and start especially on a day like today with the shorthanded side. How do you feel like it generated that situation? I thought we did 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 a good job. I mean, I, I thought um, you know, we were we haven't played that that way, small, so to speak, with you know, with Rudy Gay and Royce and Boyan um, across the front line. And, uh, you know, I thought particularly in the first half, that group had some rhythm. I thought in the second half when we got a little bit tired, there's some moments where we were, you know, we were a little discombobulated, so to speak. Um, but by and large, you know, those guys did a pretty good job. It's, you know, matchups are constantly changing. You know, Kevin Love is big, but he's a very different player than Mobley and, and Allen and, um, and marketing. And so it's, there was a lot of going, a lot going on in that game um, from a matchup standpoint and coverage standpoint. So I thought we did a good job. Going back to that last possession, you and mentioned how impressive Garland is Mike being able to stay with such a young and present player for that long for possession. Yeah, I mean he, he did a great job. You know, he he locked in, and even when when he got deep, you know, I thought Mike was really didn't didn't get pushed off his spot. Where you know he's got the ability to bump you a little bit and shoot the step back or the floater. Uh, just really, really good defense, one-on-one defense. It's a big, big play by Mike. With, with, us, with the sign out, what did you just think overall of the chance to be able to look at a lineup with, with uh, Rudy Ocho? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you, you never want – you'd like to be at full strength all the time, but, you know, Rudy Gay knows how to play. And, you know, there were a few times we were able to space the floor and, and uh, you know, open the lane – you know, that's where I thought we we didn't quite communicate well enough. We weren't as connected enough in the second half with some of those spacing situations. But we'll we'll get there. You know, some of that again has to do with you know who's guarding you. And Kevin Love is up blitzing, hedging. Um, so I thought you know again for for to be thrown into that know on, on short notice so to speak and that those guys it's something we've we've looked at and talked about but obviously the only other time we've had that situation was when you know in OKC when Hassan was ejected. This is a minor thing but just for my own curiosity um we didn't see the short stretches tonight when we had Trent coming in. I wonder kind of what that like. Well I think the first quarter ran so long you know that we were able to to, I, I don't know how long Donovan stayed in the first quarter. I think he played the whole first. Uh, so we weren't able to get Mike uh, Mike in. So then Mike's able to play longer and, and not have that spell. I had Trench at, turned at the table at one point, and then you know, the same thing happened. The clock just kept going on, so we were able to get Mike back in. And you know, Trent's been terrific. It has nothing to do with him. It's just the way the game, the game went. Um, you know, he's come in and had a, you know, really had a great impact defensively, which, you know, tonight, you know, having him take some pressure off Mike and Don guarding Garland would have been good, but um, just the way the game evolved. There's Coach Quinn Snyder, 109-108, your final Jazz win on the road over Cleveland. Let's now hear from the players. Let's start with Donovan Mitchell. Do whatever needs to be done to get one stop. You know, we 
they had a bunch of plays they could have came out with, you know. So for us, it was like just just be solid, you know. They set a screen switch. If you want to get over it, fight over it. Like, but just be solid and and rebound the ball. Like, you know, I, I can't say, you know, it may look on the stats, it may look like, you know, they definitely got a lot of offensive rebounds, but we worked, you know, we competed and trying. But at the end of the day, when you have three seven footers down there and it's me, Mike Royce and, and Boyan or whoever, you know, I mean, it, it's tough, you know, and we were able to, the last possession, you know, Rudy's down there grabbing 20 of them, which, which we needed. Uh, Royce down there competing. Like that was what we did at the, end of, at the end of the game. And sometimes you can do, we did a lot of, we did, we did some things wrong, you know, but we did some things right as well. And sometimes it's just about competing. Um, this could have easily gone the other way after a 15 point or 18 0 run or whatever, but we, we locked in, we did what we had to do. And, and that's what, that's what good teams do. It's not always going to be pretty. Mike on that last possession knocked out Garland, and it felt like it felt like it went on forever. He was have to like go in deep, come back out. Yeah, and as, as as he shot it, I'm just like, you know, you get you remit, you flash back to uh, the past. Was it two in New Orleans and and um, Memphis? You know, but like I said, Mike did a great job last session. You know, communicating. They came up, tried to set it with Laurie Markinen. Getting, getting over that screen, you know, being able to just compete. That's that's all it is. Just being just being competitors. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what happens for those 40, 47 minutes, that last minute, we really did a lot of things, you know, right execution wise. And they hit some shots, but you know, when it's time to to lock in and you know, sometimes it's just a matter of will over over anything else. What can you say about a guy like Rudy who despite you know, yeah, impacted the game in a major way. You know, I think that's that's what he does for us. Obviously, we all know he's our defensive anchor, but, you know, being there on the glass, we're getting the ball, we're getting outlets, we're running um, in a game where Hassan's not playing. So it's really a lot, a lot of it. I wouldn't say solely on him, but a lot of that pressure is put on him and he rose to the occasion on, on the glass for us. And, you know, that's that's why he is who he is. And, you know, biggest thing I told him was just when you get the ball finished strong and you see what he did the last session, like I said, you know, it's a matter of will in those positions and those possessions. And um, when it mattered most, he got probably his most important offensive rebound and then the finish after, which really, I think, changed, you know, changed a lot. You mentioned that big run they had in that fourth quarter. What's kind of the process of regrouping after that's happened? Where um, is during when that's happened? Understanding where our mistakes lie, understanding, you know, there are a few times they got open looks, you know, some guys who aren't necessarily shooters hit shots. So that plays into it too. But, you know, coming to the huddle and just regroup, re regrouping, you know, and I just being like, look, all right, this is what happened, you know, addressing the problem and find a way to fix it, you know, and just being patient. And, you know, um, I think the the biggest thing is, you know, when, when you got Garland, you know, being taught by Ricky Rubio, um, that helps because I know firsthand, you know, Ricky's a hell of a teacher, but Garland's a hell of a player. And, you know, he's, he's going to be, yeah, he's going to be really special. Um, talking trash from the whole game. And, you know, he's he's one of those guys that can talk right back and just, you know, joyful. You know, I, I respect his game. I will say that I respect his game and the way he plays. But, um, you know, for us, just understanding that we got to come in and, you know, just regroup, re regroup. We have a bunch of vets, guys who've done this, who've gone, who've, you know, it's happened. 18 or runs have happened for them in the playoffs for us. You know what I mean? So this was a regular season game, understanding that this didn't happen, you know, like, Rudy Gay's seen it. Mike's seen it. Joe's seen it. We've all seen it. So just finding ways to regroup. Because like I said, it could have went the other way and they could have kept going, but we found a way to stop it. This was our first time we get to be kind of by the bench so we can really hear and see mm -hmm. you guys interacting. How would you rate the level of communication and organization compared to other teams you played on? Just to me, an outsider, it looks exceptional how you guys mm -hmm. fix and communicate stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, I think... With us, it requires a lot of communication, what we do. I don't think a lot of teams, you know, whether it's on offense or defense, do what we do. 
Uh, I think we have a complex game plan on both ends. And I think it's to our advantage because we have such a tight-knit group. We can speak, we can talk, and continue to make adjustments on the fly. Uh, we have smart players um, as well. You know, a lot of that goes into it as well. So guys who understand how to make those adjustments. And then when you have vets, like I said, guys who've seen it and done it uh, on on a bunch of occasions, you know, just continuing uh, to have that communication. Um, and then, you know, for us younger guys, you know, like I said, we're, we're playful, but we're also, you know, we're eager and hungry to learn and hungry to continue to help team out, you know, whether it's playing, not playing, communicating, you know, we all want to help mentioned Darius's um, involvement with Ricky. Where else do you kind of see Ricky's fingerprints over this thing? I think it plays into what I said about us, you know, re regrouping after a timeout. You know, we went up 15 and you could, I don't know if you guys saw, but he goes right in the huddle and starts communicating to guys what he sees, what he does. Ricky and Ed, you know, I know them because they play with us. I know they have a, you know, Ed's talking to Darius while I'm guarding him the whole time, like trying to kind of like, you know, pump him up and whatnot. But also Ricky comes in the game and it's like, you know, he he kind of runs things. He understands when to pick his spots, when to attack, how to find guys. Um, he made my job a hell of a lot easier uh, when he was here. Um, you know, just being able to just see and feel the game. Um, he's helped me with that too. Um, and I can see how he's helping, you know, Darius with that as well. You know, I think the most impressive play I think he made, talking about Darius was the pass. He had to Mobley, you know, most guys when they have when they have it going in the fourth, just take it one on one and, and try and go. But he made the extra pass. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to give all this credit to Ricky, but I can kind of I can kind of assume that that was that was Ricky right there. Just being able to, you know, understand the flow of the game. And he's teaching him and you see it. You know, you see it. Ricky has a I think he made a joke about this beginning of the year. He's a, he's a track record of, uh, you know, helping guards out myself. But um, Darius Collins. So he's, he's got a pretty good uh, track record. You guys got with us on now. You got another small ball, which was the five. Uh, tough night to do it against a team of mm. three seven thirty. But yeah. what did you see out there? Um, we did a lot of we did some things right, you know, but it's not going to just click overnight. And it's something we got to continue to work on. And like you said, it's, it's tough on a night where, like you said, there's three seven footers. But you know, there's things that are definitely fixable. Things that are easy to fix. Just got to come with come with practice time and come with feeling it throughout the game and, you know, also on the offensive end, being able to feel out what we want to do and uh, being able to kind of attack and, and get in the gaps and guy spacing, rolling versus popping. You know, I can't say with play, I haven't played with a popping big my whole career. So now being able to adjust to that, you know, um, being able to understand, have Rudy understand, Rudy Gay, that is, or, or EP, understand hitting the pocket and make plays because Royce and I have the connection. So it's just a matter of figuring each other out on the offensive end and defensively, it's just reps. Um, I think we did a good job, though. Speaking of offense, Bill, 15 points in the first part. What enabled you to kind of just get going? Um, just being aggressive. Um, when you have a team that's as tall, you know, as they are, you know, instead of attacking that straight from <clears throat> half court, you know, getting out in transition, making quick decisions, you know, making them have to guard you here as opposed to using their, their size. And that's tough when we're stagnant at times, but just trying to push the pace, get going, and, you know, shots were falling. Um, so that helps too. There's Donovan Mitchell, 35.6-3 rebounds. Great game uh, yesterday from Donovan in just 39 minutes of play. Let's now uh, hear some more player sound. Let's get to Mike Conley. And I knew it was going to come to him, and um, I've known JB as a head coach for a while, and I knew that there was going to be some kind of a slip and him getting downhill to his right. And we played it played it right, gun to, you know, turn his back and kind of pick up the ball. And 
I knew when he gave it up, he's going to come back and get it. So just tried to chase him and you know, apply pressure as much as possible and saw the time running down and tried to stay up as high as I could because I know that at some point he's going to have to shoot this ball and however deep he is, I just want to be there to contest it. And um, luckily he missed it. And, um, you know, at that point it's all about the guys in the trenches. And, you know, obviously I was at half court almost. And, you know, Rudy, Royce, Don, all those guys down there battling. Um really saved the game because they, they could easily have tipped it in and, you know, had there not been too many bodies down there. So when you're on I mean, the last possession like that, when it all comes down, it kind of just one defensive stop. 17 seconds is not a long time, but does it feel like it's kind of an eternity that they're out there just chasing Darius around? Yeah, it's a long time. It is a lot of time in the NBA game. So, um, you know, with a guy like him who who's patient and um, takes his time and, and really picks when the you know, the right spots to attack and be aggressive. You don't never know. You never know when it's going to be. So um, I told him it was like playing against myself there for a little bit, some of the stuff he was doing. So it was, uh, it was, it was a good challenge uh, for me and the team uh, trying to, trying to, you know, finish the game out and close it. Make you feel a little bit younger? Yeah. Uh, they made me feel older. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's it like, I guess, preparing for a final offensive possession versus a final defensive possession like that? Um, they're very similar from the same, um, you know, obviously offensively, you're thinking about executing a plan, a play, um, getting guys in the right spots and stuff like that. And defensively, it's, it's about knowing the possibilities. Like they could do this. They could do that. We, we've seen two or three different plays they like to run and we might have two or three different coverages for both. So communication, um, at that point, uh, in the game is huge. Um, and at the end of the day, it's just, it's going to be a, Mono mono, you know, you got to win your matchup kind of thing because it normally comes down to that. And the guys just really fought and, and did a good job of, uh, you know, guarding and finishing finishing the possession. Pretty six points back, but 20 rebounds, five blocks. That's an incredible defensive What can you say about, you know, the team like this he's able to have on? Oh man, uh, we're lucky. We're lucky to, you know, have that luxury and a guy like that who is so selfless. And um, like you said, he doesn't need to score points to affect the game and dominate a game. And tonight uh, he even had opportunities when he caught the ball in the paint to, to, to go up and try to score when he hadn't had a few opportunities and said he chose to make a play and, and make an extra pass to a corner for a wide open three. And not a lot of bigs would do that. And um, defensively, we know what he, we know what he brings and his, you know, we build everything around him, and he cleans up so much for us. And and I mean, he's just been huge. See, we know that Rudy, you know, likes to be involved offensively. And sometimes on a night, night where it's not happening so much, to play like that offensive rebound and that down the stretch where it's you know, tight. That one, you know, where you see the pressure come out there. Yeah, you can you can tell you can tell when a play like that happens. You know, you know, a guy like Rudy who. You know, he, he does want the ball. He does want to finish. He does want to, you know, score points and have dunks and stuff. But when he, he's kind of been um, – when, when the teams are scheming against that and not allowing that to happen and to get one finally at the end of the game in a big part, I think it just gets him um, amped up and even more motivated for the other end of the floor. And and that's what uh, that's what he does. You know, that's what he does. What um, – you guys went up 15 in the fourth quarter and made <clears throat> What, what went wrong? Uh, it 
was a, it was, you know, turnovers were an obvious thing. Um, we had some opportunities there to push the lead up, but you know, they made a lot of, they made a lot of plays for those, those turnovers. They, you know, they were getting really aggressive and started gambling and um, we weren't as solid and strong with the ball at certain, at certain points in the game. And, and um seems like when teams get a flow like that in a rhythm, they don't miss, they don't miss anything. They started making threes. They started making layups and it's hard to guard and transition when you turn the ball over and, and they're getting easy ones. So I think it just kind of ignited them a little bit, uh, got the crowd back into it. And, um, you know, coach made a good substitution at that point and we calmed it down a little bit and, and that group got in there and, and kind of took control and kind of got the game back to where we needed to be and uh, allowed us to finish it. There's Mike Conley, 11 points, six assists, uh, four steals for Mike in the 109-108 win for the Jazz. Let's wrap up the player sound with Rudy Gobert. I mean, I think every every night there's an opportunity to to work on a lot of different things, and you know, uh, and every we saw it earlier in the season. Every NBA team is capable of uh, beating you in those close situations. So it's really on us to kind of like focus on the moment and try to just try and do what we think is, is, is best at that moment. And, uh, and then sometimes there are things that you're not going to be able to control, but uh, just put a, kind of put all the chances on our side. And I think that's what great teams are able to do. You know, end of the game, like uh, you're locking even more, you, your physicality goes up, your communication should go up. And uh, if you need to get a rebound, you got to go get it. If you need to get a, a block, you got to go get it. And, if you need to score, you got to find a way to get a good shot and, and get a bucket. So it's, uh, I think that's what great teams are able to do. Can you take us through the last possession from your vantage point? You got to take what? Uh, the last possession, the last possession from your vantage point. And what did you see on? I think we did a great job. You talk about the last missed shot. Yeah. Um, I thought it was great defense. You know, I was ready to help. Uh, but um, you know, Mike, everybody did a great job. Uh, you know, Garland was, was playing really, really well and he, he tried to attack and he, he hit Mike with a fake and Mike was able to recover and he was he didn't bite to the fake, he was back on him. Um, and then we pretty much forced them into a, a tough shot that he can make, but uh, we knew that, I kind of knew that after Royce before he was going to come down to a defensive rebound, so we just had to go and, uh, and get that rebound and don't let them get a tip in or... or Oh, offensive rebound, kick out three, and we did a good job fighting for that. Did you, like you and Royce were saying that, either in the huddle or when you were going back out before? Yeah, when we were right before the play, uh, I told Royce we gotta get that rebound. Uh, you know, you know when you when you lose uh, games because of offensive rebounds or you know, stuff like that, it hurts. So you, you, I know that in those situations, the rebound is, is really the key. Uh, if Garland makes a shot, he makes a shot. That's a, that's an amazing play. But uh, we know that uh, we're going to try to make it hard on him, and uh, and then we have to get that rebound. Speaking of rebounds, Hassan not out tonight. Uh, they've got a lot of big guys on their team, and I mean you're battling down there to get 20 rebounds. What does it feel like? Sort of you were fighting through the trees all night to be able to get those. I mean, I knew that. Um, I knew that, especially with the way they play, they have they start with three seven footers. I don't think it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the only team right now that doing that. So I knew that uh, I was gonna have to hold it down even more. And and Hassan, uh, Hassan's very sore, so he couldn't play tonight. 
And uh, yeah, I knew it was going to be better, you know, and I just tried to wear the best, you know, be there, protect the basket. And and once uh, we've done that, we got to get those rebounds. And, you know, everybody, I think I think the guys did a great job fighting. Uh, you know, Boyan, Royce, uh, Donovan, everyone did a great job fighting them and, and, and you know, not let them get a position and then, you know, have to go and, and, and sometimes make plays and get it. What does it mean to you that you can play a game like this and only take six shots in 38 plus minutes to manage to kind of dominate the way you did? I mean, uh, uh, I love to win, so I do whatever it takes to win when I'm on the court. I'm not saying that uh, I enjoy uh, <laughs> not touching it, but, uh, you know, uh, no matter what, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what it takes to try to impact the game and help my team win. Do I want – oh, yes. You know, do I think, yeah, of course. But uh, I can't be complaining on the court. Like, uh, I just got to keep playing the game, keep helping my team. And, uh, you know, and some games it's never going to be perfect, you know, and you've got to find ways to win those games and make sure I'm there for my teammates regardless. That said, you grab that offensive rebound off the boys to miss just under two minutes and be able to throw down the way that I went, does that make that kind of play like that much sweeter? What's, what's the emotion going through you at that moment? I mean, the, the rebound is one way to get the ball, so I just, I just, <laughs> go, and, I just go and, uh, yeah, just, you know, when we went, it's funny because when we, when we play the right way and, and we move the ball, like it's easier for me to get those rebounds. And, and uh, I thought it was a great offensive possession. You know, Roy's got a wide open three and, I was able to get a good position on the rebound and, uh, yeah, just play with nice things, you know. And I know that Jared Allen is a, is a great shot blocker, so I had to go to go up strong, and, uh, and I did. There's Rudy. What a night for Rudy. Only six points, but 20 boards, five block shots, had a steal, even had three assists as Rudy played great. Jazz win 109 to 108. Next up for the Jazz, they take on Minnesota on Wednesday night. Tip-off will be at 6. Pre-game coverage will begin at 5. There is the best of the post-game show as the Jazz get the win at Cleveland. We will come back next with What is Trending. All the headlines stay with us.